Welcome to this week's NL Full Time. I'm Luke Edwards, and because the game's kicked off early on Saturday, we decided to do this on Saturday night um, before we're all hungover on Sunday because all our teams won. Hey! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Dickies in particular, I thought he'd be uh, jumping up and down. No, no, we'll we'll get to that soon enough. But no, uh, mindful of what we were about to do here, I've not got carried away. And and Rob's somewhere in York Station looking very cold. Hello, Rob. I think it's more that I'm dressed for the cold. It's not actually that severe, to be honest with you. I'm just more conscious of being sat around loads of people and don't want to be too annoying for them. But, uh, you, but yeah, I think from what I can gather, Luke, um, Dickie's team won and Joe's team won, not that he's with us, and my team won. So what about Hyde? How did they get on? They won. <laughs> they did. Back second. So, so yeah, all, all good. Um, Fantastic. We'll start off at the top, and Notts County went away to Scunthorpe. There's been good news for Scunthorpe off the pitch, Dickie, this week, hasn't there? But on the pitch, it was the uh, same old story for them. Yeah, it was. Um, there was some positive news out of Scunthorpe this week in that the, the, the club, I think, has been sold to, to a couple of local businessmen. Um so obviously that 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 gives them some stability, but um, obviously things aren't going to turn around on the pitch um, quite that quickly. That that's not how it works. And yeah, they went down to a four-one defeat to uh, a, a very powerful-looking Notts County side today. Was Macaulay Langstaff on the score sheet, Rob? He was indeed. He got the third goal out, actually, Luke. It was good to see Jim O'Brien on the score sheet and Quevin or Kevin. I think I just prefer Kevin. There's just something about it. Um, and uh, talking to K's and C's, uh, the, the C with the K, Kedwin Scott, he scored as well. And in the end, it was a fairly predictable result there for, for Notts County. You do have to fear for Scunthorpe. It is good news in the long term, but what they've got to try and do uh, in the short term is somehow find a way to amass enough points to make sure they don't get involved um, in the relegation, I mean, they are involved, aren't they, in the relegation battle? But uh, there's long enough in the season left for them to pull clear if they get a bit of back in and a little bit of a turnaround in momentum. Yeah, Notts County went top because Wrexham, again, we've mentioned this a few times away from home. They've, they've failed to win. It was a draw. They'll probably be pleased with that. But they went to York, who've appointed David Webb this week, a bit of a left field appointment. But Wrexham could only get a 1 1 draw. Yeah, it's a frustrating result for Wrexham. I think it keeps the pattern going, doesn't it? Every other week now, um, one of them draws and the other one wins and goes back top again. I think it's the fourth round of matches running that that's happened. Um, To be totally honest, I need to do a bit more digging around to find out about David Webb. I mean, I joked in our um, WhatsApp group that, blimey, David Webb, I remember him back in the 70s for Chelsea, but it, it clearly wasn't that one. Um, but no, it's uh, it's good news for them for the appointment, and what a Philip that was for him on his very first game in charge to get a point against uh, title chasers at Wrexham, but to get it with a very late equaliser in a game that's live on TV that'll give them a real platform, a real bit of momentum to kick on from, and they're not in a bad position at all, are they in the league? If you forget who they are, if you forget their history, forget about expectations, you forget about their change of manager. They've come up to this level and halfway through the season, uh, they're sat comfortably placed with a new manager and a chance for momentum. Rather ironic, isn't it, that I'm 
doing this podcast from York Station right now. But I can tell you all the Wrexham fans have gone. The, the Both goals came in the last couple of minutes. Tom O'Connor looked as though he got all three points for Wrexham. He must have thought they'd won. But as, as we mentioned there, it was a stoppage time equaliser from Manny Duku for York. And disappointing that for Wrexham, Dickie. When you score two minutes from time away from home, you think it's won. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, you, you look at that and, you know, you take the lead two minutes to go. You, you've got to feel that you're um, on on course for all three points, but you've still got to put your mind to it and make sure that you are. Um, and obviously, um, it's a big point that for York as well, I have to say, given the form that they're in, um, to take a point in those circumstances, having conceded so late against Wrexham, to actually rally and get something at the death is is a big point for them as well. Rob Woking, I mean, another fantastic result for them. Uh, I saw a, me- a tweet from Tom Feeney saying they're 12 points better off than last season. They're in third place and they beat Maidstone by three goals to one. Yeah, phenomenal. And they went behind today to Sam Corn's relatively early strike. It was a good comeback win. Um, and uh, as an all shots supporter looking on at that one, I couldn't help noticing that two of the three X shots scored Reese Brown and uh, Jim Kellerman. It was Rowan Ince that got them level. And I'm going to shut up now and mute myself because there's a noisy train coming in. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it was Walken who beat Maidstone, as Rob mentioned. Rowan Ince, Reese Brown, and Jim Kellerman on the score sheet. Uh, Chesterfield are in fourth position. Uh, they lost 1-0, surprisingly, away at FC Halifax, who were on a, a good run of form. And it was, um, funny enough, at Christmas time, Harker scored. So I suppose you could heart the Herald, really, there. Robert Harker on the score sheet. But uh, big win that for Halifax again, isn't it, Dickie? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we, we keep having to eat our words a little bit, given how uh, Halifax started the season and how much we, we feared for not for them necessarily, but for, for manager Chris Millington. But, you know, another excellent result from them. Um, a blow for Chesterfield, absolutely. Probably the second one they've received in the last couple of days. Obviously, they made terrific progress in the FA Cup last weekend, but haven't had their game against West Brom selected for TV coverage, which I think quite a few of us thought it might be. Um, but, yeah, lots of games coming up for them. They've obviously got that that big FA Cup tie to look forward to in January. So there's lots of incentive there for, for the players to be uh, performing and putting themselves in, in Paul Cook's thoughts for that game. Um, but yeah, excellent result for Halifax. Right, boys, I don't know if you'd noticed the pattern, but all three of those National League sides that had heroic victories in the FA Cup last week all came a cropper back in the National League. We've yet to talk about the other two games, but yeah, Boreham Wood as well. Uh, Chesterfield, Borehamwood, and help me out. Who was the other one? Dagenham have got oh, a D- replay Dagenham, coming up this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dagenham, um, they they got themselves a replay, didn't they? Um, but yeah, but uh, Dagenham going down one nil at home to Torquay. We'll hear from from Joe about that one, won't we? In a little while. And um, as you say, Chesterfield going down at Halifax, and then a little bit of a sob story for for Borehamwood on Saturday, wasn't it? Um, one nil at Eastleigh. They were quietly going about their business. Um, and they lost Jamal Fivefield after 32 minutes. And he's a real rock at the back for Boreham Wood, isn't he? He's a real leader. Um, I don't know the details of the incident, but uh, that would have played a big part, I'm sure, in uh, Eastleigh going on to win that 1-1-0. I think he, he may have been involved in the penalty incident when he got sent off that Abraham scored from, I think. 
Yeah, Tristan Abrahams with with the penalty there for um, Eastley. I, I know Dickie, you were wanted to make a comment on the FA Cup picks. Oh yeah, I mean, while we're sort of like mentioning those and Wrexham was obviously the other one, they 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 uh, play Coventry City in the next round. Just uh, expressing our disappointment again, really, that that all of the National League sides have progressed. Um, have all been ignored in favour of, you know, all premiership games, etc. We know that's where the, the viewing figures or where, or where the, the TV executives feel like the viewing figures are. But I suppose it rankles a bit with fans of National League, non-league teams in that, you know, we, we hear all this stuff about, you know, the underdogs and, and telling the underdog story and the romance, the FA Cup. And then it just seems as soon as the Premier League sides are involved again, then you know, all that's forgotten and they go off in the direction of the big boys again. So, yeah, can't can't help but feel disappointed for all of those clubs, really, that they're not going to get some additional exposure. Yeah, and, and so say all of us. I mean, it's especially West Brom, Chesterfield against West Brom is... Um... It's sort of you think that'd be prime for TV. I, I think I think given that West Brom aren't having a particularly good season in the Championship, and the fact that it would be at the Technique Stadium, you know, or the or the tie that is where it's taking place, so it's Chesterfield at home. It feels like it's got the ingredients for you know, I'm not going to say an upset, but certainly a really competitive game. I mean, on the face of it, those two sides are closer together than say Kidderminster Harriers and West Ham were last season and their televised game. And they produced an absolute humdinger, which had people talking for days afterwards about how well Kidderminster had played. So it uh, uh, just feels like a bit of a missed opportunity. I can only echo that just to add, um, if Chesterfield go and get a result against West Brom, which they have every chance of doing on the day, then it'll be egg on the faces of the TV executives who've made those decisions. Now, we must just uh, mention about Bromley against Yeovil, which was abandoned in the 11th minute due to medical emergency. Unfortunately, the fan who, who was involved in that incident has sadly passed away, and you can see the love from the non-league family coming out. Bromley tweeted a club statement out, and you had teams from all across the National League passing on their condolences, and we pass on our condolences as well to everyone involved. Uh, the person hasn't been named as yet, but uh, everyone here at the NL full-time passes on our condolences to uh, that person's family. Here, here, yeah. In fifth place, a Barnet, Rob. I mean, they had a strong start to the season, then they faded again, and they had a good win in a local derby against Wealdstone. It was Harry Pritchard and Nicky Kabamba on the score sheet, and all of a sudden Barnet are in the playoff places again. Yeah, they've, they've been back in the playoff places for a week or two and their form's really good. And when I saw that result, I thought, Barnett, clean sheet again. I had a look at it, chaps. Five clean sheets in the last six games they've played. That includes the FA Cup. But wow is what I've got to say to that. Has there been, you know, Barnett fans, what's happened? Because the concern earlier in the season where you were scoring goals, but you were conceding them left, right and centre epitomised by that 7-5 defeat at Wrexham. But now five clean sheets in six and you're finding a different way to win football matches. If you're a Barnet fan and you're listening to our podcast, drop us a tweet. Let us know what's going on. What's that? What's Dean Brennan done, tweaked or changed that means all of a sudden that his, his side, who were previously leaking goals like a sieve, are keeping clean sheets for fun now? Yeah, it's at an L full-time on Twitter if you want to get involved with us. Uh, the two other sides in the final playoff spot, Solihull and Southend, 
slightly different days for them. Uh, Southend were ahead twice against Altrincham, but were pegged back. Ryan Colcuff and Elliot Newby scoring the goals for Altrincham there. And Solihull Moors, uh, they got a win against Oldham. Joe Sabara and Andy Dallas on the score sheet. John Rooney with a late consolation for Oldham, which keeps Oldham in the mire. But um, Southend, Rob, I know you saw them last week and you were uh, pretty pleased with the win for Aldershot as well against Southend. And... Um, they're going through a slightly sticky patch again, aren't they? A hundred percent. You know, they're back at home after those defeats on their travels at Gateshead and Aldershot. Two games, especially if you look at where those sides were in the table, where you really, they really would have thought, well, let's get four points out of these six. They got none. And then today at home to Altrincham um, and, and flattered to deceive, really. They, they got ahead a couple of times today. Jack Bridge and uh, Ray who uh, has obviously, you know, not had too many chances of late. Um, prolific for Banbury last season in the National League North, but um, I think it's only his fourth goal of the season. Uh, but the the uh, ever-reliable Ryan Colclough and Elliot Newby uh, with the goals that brought Altrincham in back in it, and they'll be pleased. That's a cracking point on the road for Altrincham. Um, as for Southend, yeah, still a little bit of head-scratching going on. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff going on off the pitch, but... I think for a long time now, Southend's management and players have um, kind of not disassociated, but blocked themselves off from that and got on with the game, got on with their football really well. So I think it would be weak to be looking at that. Um, probably they would say the fact that they've got forward players out uh, and they can't add to the squad at the moment because of the embargo is the only relevance really of that. But they've still got players like Ray to, to call upon and uh, it's good to see him getting on the score sheet at least. But no, South End, they're, they're slipping slipping away from the business end. Yeah, and Sully Hall dicking out man Joe Sabara on target again. Yeah, he was. This is a much, much needed victory for Solihull, actually. They've been on a, on a pretty poor run of form lately. I think I've got four defeats in a row, uh, if you include their their loss. Well, on penalties at Hartlepool in the uh, in the FA Cup. So three league defeats in a row. But yeah, it's not, not been the greatest of spells for them. Um, I mentioned last week as well that they lost Alex Reid, um, who actually joined Oldham Athletic. I'm just having a look, see if he was in the lineup today. But... Um, no, I can't get any mention. Oh, no, he did, yeah. So, Reed actually started against Solihull, having been playing for them until about a week ago. Um, but, yeah, really important three points for Solihull. Sabara and Dallas, you know, they're, they're, they're very potent uh, up there. And, um, yeah, Rooney's goal in the 89th minute um, just... I guess raised brief hopes for Oldham, but they stay in twenty third. It's it's them and Scunthorpe filling those last two places. We've spoken enough about that. The two teams that fell out of League Two last season, but again, I suppose here's the thing for Scunthorpe. And as much as there was a lot of optimism in the week, Oldham Athletic, Oldham similarly had a takeover earlier in the season. They've had a change of manager. They have had a bit of an influx of players, but as yet it hasn't really turn things around um so as great as the news out of scunthorpe is that it does give them some stability you know i don't think people should be under any illusion it's going to take a long time to turn around um i've been so impressed with them but they have had a bad run and noticeably in ending that bad run and getting those uh, three points today they sneak back into the final playoff spot so not too much damage done there i'll get a look at them firsthand next week when the shots go to uh uh, Damson Park, um, and we'll see if they really are back to form. They've put in, for sure, the most impressive performance against Aldershot so far this season. 
on the opening day of the season. And seeing Sabara and Dallas on the score sheet today filled me with dread a little bit about uh, about next week's visit. But also just to correct myself uh, before Southend United fans do, despite that recent poor run, defeats against Gateshead and Aldershot and uh, the draw against Altrincham today, Southend still sit in sixth place. Uh, so they've 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 uh, lost a bit of momentum, but they are still in the top seven. And you ask any South End fan, they'd snap your hand off for that at the start of the season. Yeah, I think as well when we predicted um, we, we, the Alderman's Gundot, we thought might struggle. I don't think we thought they'd be both sides would be 23rd and 24th. But there you go. All of them have actually got two games in hand on most of the teams around them, three on some of them. And they've got to really make those count now. Um, somebody who isn't probably in the relegation conversation now, Rob, is Aldershot. They are eight points clear the relegation zone. Um, yeah, staggering run. Staggering run, really. Five wins out of the last eight matches, 15 points out of 24. And uh, that managerial position is still open. And the, the shots board must be seriously considering giving Ross McNeely a go now. Um, he, I think he's, he's taking a, a refreshing approach, a simple approach. He's expressing his belief in the players, encouraging them to express themselves. Um, and do you know what? They're the eighth or ninth top scorers in the division now, Aldershot. We've not been able to see that, say that for a while. And now they're backing it up with some clean sheets as well. Uh, Ryan Glover getting the shots on their way with the first goal and then a quite stunning second goal from Justin Amaluza, his seventh of the season. He's having the best season that he's had in professional football. And in the end, from what was a really tight game for half an hour or so, um, probably the first half, to be fair, uh, once all the shots scored, they never looked back today. It's back-to-back 2-0 wins for them. And as you say, up to 15th place, certainly the highest that they've been all season. Um I must comment on Gateshead. I'm really mindful when I see a team, if they play well against Aldershot, it looks like they're better than they are. If they play poorly, it looks like they're worse. But they are in the bottom four. And I cannot build a case right now for Gateshead getting out of the bottom four on that performance this afternoon. Um, They really struggled. They really struggled to create openings. They struggled in possession of the ball. They had three or four half chances in the game. You'd expect that. But... um, it was all too comfortable for Aldershot in the end. And, you know, we talk about how hard this league is, boys, week in, week out, how difficult it is to get three points at National League level. I have to say, call it as you see it, it wasn't difficult for Aldershot to go to the Gateshead and get three points this afternoon. Uh, and they've got a long, hard season ahead. We've had you on here a lot, Rob, bemoaning the lack of goals for Aldershot. So it's good for you to hear you say that the uh, sixth or seventh top scorers now. Yeah, I think it's eighth or ninth without getting too carried away. But um, yeah, I think it's 30 goals now in, uh, is it 20 or 21 games? Uh, 21 games. And that's far better than they've had in recent seasons. And the goals are coming from different places as well. You've got two players on uh, seven goals, or one on seven and one on six and two on five. And, you know, I can't remember the last time that Aldershot ever had a realistic chance of getting four players into double figures for the season. And that's what they do have. Uh, this time around. So, yeah, it's it's a breath of fresh air. It's, it's, it's really lovely to be able to talk about because we've had some really hard times over the last three or four seasons. It's not done yet. They could easily lose momentum and slip back into trouble. But to be actually, for the first time all season, nearer to the playoffs than the relegation zone, it feels pretty sweet for, for Aldershot. And, and, and um, 
just from a, a personal point of view, from, from me to the players, um, they're having their Christmas night out tonight up in uh, Newcastle and uh, long may they enjoy it. It's great for them to have got a win on the day that they're going out to uh, have their early Christmas celebrations. They couldn't brick pick a better place to do it, could they, to make a weekend of it up in uh, in Newcastle. So I hope they have a really good time while I'm freezing everything off, uh, getting home. <laughs> Do you think the, the, the shots will be doing shots this evening then, Rob? Well, you know, I, I, I can neither confirm or deny this. <laughs> I won't be there. But I think um, I think the one thing I would add um, for Ross McNeely, whatever happens, if he gets the job or he doesn't, what uh, a feat to be able to write on your CV that you took charge of a National League club and won five games out of eight. Um, unfortunately, football is quite fickle. So every time he wins a game, the fans are saying, give him the job. And every time he loses, they say, we need someone with more experience. But shot five wins in eight. The last time that they got, oh, prior to that, it took them 20-something games to win five. Um, so I, I think the guy deserves a shot um, to excuse the pun. Well, I could say the longer they take to make a decision, the more experience he's gaining. So <laughs> by, by the time they actually decide, he could be quite well, uh, you know, versed in it. Absolutely, Dickie. Yeah, spot on. The final game was Maidenhead against Darkin. Maidenhead, sorry, Darkin took the lead early on through Ryan Seeger after just two minutes. Remy Karima equalised on the hour mark. And it does neither side any good, that draw, does it? I don't know. I've listened to Mark White's post-match interview. Um, he's very honest as ever. Uh, game of two halves. Dorkin with a better side in the first half. Seager put him ahead. Uh, good finish, but by all accounts, missed an easier chance a couple of minutes later. Um, and I think Harry Ottaway had a good chance as well to double their lead. And that's where Dorkin are right now. If they'd have got a second, they'd have probably gone on to see that one out. But ultimately, uh, the uh, versatile Remy Clarimer got Maidenhead back in it and uh, I think Mark White was uh, philosophical about that one he said it's a decent point and uh, a fair result in the end uh, and for Dorking, well after a bad run it's uh, a home win and an away draw and they continue to pick up points at National League level and they're sat more than comfortable mid-table 16th position um, coming on halfway through the season Really good win for Torquay away, 1-0 at Dagenham and Redbridge and Joe can't be with us again this week but he has sent us this voice note well, it's a long time since I've had the pleasure of talking about a win. But there we are, a win for Torquay, much needed win with the other teams down the bottom either not winning uh, yesterday. A good win, um, not exactly stylish, but at the point where Torquay are, they just need wins. And that's exactly what we've got. We ground out a win, um, good goal in the first half from Will Goodwin, good work from Dylan De Silva to get down the byline and cut the ball back for him. Um, somewhat of a scuff finish, but they all count. And then second half, defended really, really well, which can't be said for Torquay so far this season. That is their first clean sheet in something like 25 to 30 games. Uh, now, I can't remember the exact figure, but this is the first clean sheet Torquay have had in a long, long time. Um, so it's a good win, a good three points, and coming up with some other games um, against Oldham and twice against Yeovil, three games which are going to be huge for our season. To get three points was massive, 
Um, and the fact that we've managed to do so going into those fixtures will give Gary Johnson a bit of a boost. Obviously, he did lose two players going into this game, Scott Smith and Lucas Ness, both recalled by their parent clubs. Lucas Ness to start in League One for Charlton and Scott Smith, obviously with the new manager at Wigan, he was recalled. So Torquay were again forced to only name four substitutes um, yesterday with Ross Marshall coming back into the defence to replace Lucas Ness. And by all accounts, he had a good game, which is a long time coming after a couple of stupid red cards. But it's a really, really good performance for Torquay. Obviously, they didn't play all that well in terms of the football, the style. Um, Certainly not pleasing on the eye, but wholly pleasing in terms of the result. And if Torquay are to stay up by some miracle, then grinding out results like that is going to be absolutely key. So it's a big win, big three points, and we need to now follow that up next weekend against Oldham Live on BT Sport on Sunday afternoon. We're going to move on and look at the National League South. And on Friday night, Bath took on Welling, drew one apiece. That leaves Bath in 11th and Welling in 13th. So kind of cancelled each other out. Bath have got a couple of games in hand, though. They are four points off the playoff positions. Most of the games kicked off at 12.30 in the National League South. But it was three games at three o'clock. And one of those was involving... Ebsfleet, who went back top as they beat Scotty Davis's Slough Town by two goals to nil. Uh, a good win for them. Greg Kundal and Rakish Bingham on the score sheet for Ebsfleet and a tough start for Scotty Davis. Yeah, it has been a st- tough start. I think he, he tweeted last week that he learned more about management in 15 minutes than he had as a player in God knows how many years, I think, uh, last week as they, as they succumbed for, to four-goal defeat. And this time, um, no disgrace probably in losing uh, 2-0 at Ebsley, and they held on for an hour, Slough. Um, so we'd be disappointed that they couldn't hang on for the point there. As you say, that win takes Ebsley back to the top, and that's because uh, Chelmsford, um, mm. we've had representatives of them on the podcast recently, they got a cracking result. Chelmsford in fourth place. They beat Dartford 1-0, and the goal came in the 89th minute from Dunn. Uh, what a huge three points that is for Chelmsford and a dent in the title hopes for Dartford. Yeah, Ben Ben built it up last week and they say massive win that for Chelmsford. And they are just five points off Ebb's fleet. They've got a couple of games in hand on Haven. They've got one game in hand on Haven and they've got four on Dartford. So you have to say, Rob, they're probably well in the title mix, aren't they? I think they are, especially when we come on to look at Haven and Waterlooville result, which is uh, staggering. Yeah. Wow, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's uh, Worthing have done well this year, but I don't think we saw this coming, did we? 5-1 away win for Worthing. Uh, Callum Keeley yeah, with hat-trick. a hat-trick, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mohamed Darbra with uh, two goals in the last two minutes as well. Uh, that's a real morale bo- uh, sapping one for, for having a Waterlooville. Terrible result. But well done, Worthing. Adam Hinshelwood with uh, another great result and his stock keeps rising uh, also in the mix. So that means Worthing move into a fifth position. They are 10 points off the top. Just behind them are Braintree and St. Albans. Braintree do 0-0 away at Taunton and St. Albans also drew 1-1 away 
at Dover. Two penalties in that game. Luke Wanadio with a penalty for Dover and Sean Jeffers with a penalty for St. Albans with both goals coming before half-time. Um, Chippenham, it looked like they were going to get an away win. Their away form hasn't been great this season. They got off to the perfect start. They were 1-0 up after just six minutes through Alex Bray. But then there was two goals from Shaloy Remy. One just before half-time, and then he scored a penalty four minutes from time, which meant Eastbourne took the win there. Down at the bottom, some big results as well. Weymouth and Chesson, they cancelled each other out, The which means Chesson leapfrog Hungerford, who lost 1-0 at home to Tombridge. And you're looking at the certainly the bottom three, and you, maybe you can only see Chippenham getting out of it in the minute, Rob. Yeah, I'm looking at it as we speak, and uh, you've got Weymouth and Hungerford on 12 points, Chesson on 13, Chippenham on 16. There is a long way to go, and anybody who gets two wins back-to-back um, you know, is well capable. What's rather staggering and alarming is Dulwich Hamlet. One place, two points above the relegation zone. Uh, and it's not been the start that uh, they'd have wanted to the new management regime at, at Dulwich. And the likes of Dulwich and Slough uh, and Concord need to be careful that they don't get sucked into that relegation battle. Yeah, they were 2-1 up Dulwich. They, they fell behind to Kaledi Lolos at Oxford City. But then Danny Mills and George Porter got on a score sheet for Dulwich before the equaliser from Tom Harrison. That came on the 74th minute. Uh, Farnborough and Hampton, two clean, two teams who were quite close to here on the podcast. Of course, Tom Lang's beloved Hampton and Richmond Borough. Farnborough, who you know people at the club there, Rob. Again, that was a an up and down game. And, and Franny Amati got on a score sheet for Hampton and Richmond Borough. He's back out on loan. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think Farnborough twice took the lead and Amati uh, got... Uh got to Hampton level the first time and there's a certain amount of irony isn't there in him uh, in him scoring against Farnborough because he was on loan there a little while back so uh, um, yeah ultimately I guess that result probably sums up the league season for both of those clubs so far they're both sort of nearly clubs and not quite firing on all cylinders but they look as if they're doing enough to avoid getting involved in uh, any relegation issues. A player who you know well, Rob, Mo Betterman. He's got two in two now for Concord. He opened the scoring in their 2-1 win against Hemel Hempstead. And um, you imagine he'll do really well at that level. I really, really hope so. He's had a difficult couple of years. Kind of from, from being in really good form a couple of seasons ago and 10 goals before Christmas, he kind of evaporated. And then he's had injury problems at the end of that season, at the beginning of the next. He's, had to, he's been a little while out of the game. And, uh, you know, he's managed to uh, train hard, keep himself uh, to a certain level of fitness. And, and now he's got back in at Concord. And uh, really, really great to see Mo Bethesmer on the score sheet. He's a very, very lovely and humble man. And uh, at one point, people were very, very excited about him and his career and where it could lead to. And as is often the case with footballers, it hasn't quite gone as smoothly as he would have liked. But great to see him uh, bouncing back and, Starting to get in the uh, score sheet again. Yeah, but Concord will be hoping that they help him take flight up the table, won't they? So uh, that's it. Uh, Boom. That, thank you very much. Yeah, well, I know, Rob, you've got to go and catch your train. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, pleasure as always. And I will listen in to the podcast to hear the bit about 
Telford winning a game of football. Come on, Dickie! It's amazing what a difference small, simple changes can make, especially when it comes to your weight. Getting started is easier than you think with the free NHS weight loss app. It helps you to take those simple steps to lose those extra pounds. Download the free app today. Better health. Let's do this. So we're going to look now at the National League North and it all kicked off on Friday, didn't it? It was three games on Friday evening and uh, the most significant ones certainly involved Darlington, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, Darlington moved their fixture to uh, Friday evening. Obviously, the kickoffs having moved uh, because of the possible clash with an England last 16 tie in the World Cup. Um, game kicked off late as well. There were some floodlight issues at Darlington, which means I don't think the game got away until something like a quarter past eight. So any fans from catching and made the journey were looking at a, a long or a late return home. And it wasn't looking good for them when Jacob Hazel had Darlington 2 0 up within 26 minutes. But they were level before half time. Um, Sam Bennett and then George Cooper um, equalised for Kettering. And that's a really, really good point for League Lovers' side um, at Darlington, given their home form and given how well Darlington are going. Um, yeah, just the respective form. I think um, they would go back down the M1 pretty pleased with that. Another team, who, well, the pressure will grow, won't it, on, on Russ Penn? They were 1-0 up at half-time with Alverton down to 10 men. Casey Butterfield sent off right on half-time. But Matt Reed got a point for Billy Heed's side. And as I say, the pressure will grow because they were 1-0 up against 10 men and they will have wanted to see the game out. Yeah, I think when you look at a 1-1 draw away at Alverton Town, in in most circumstances, you'd look at that and go, that, that's a fair point, you know, any any point taken on the road. But I suppose there is a little bit of the circumstances of that. I say Jack Jack Byrne, he's on loan to them from Liverpool. He had Kidderminster 1-0 up. Um, Butterfield was then sent off for a second yellow card offence just on the stroke of half-time. It looked as if Kidderminster were going to hold on to that one, but then they had a penalty awarded against them. Um, Matt Reed had his first effort saved, but put the rebound away 86 minutes on the clock. Um, I can imagine Kidderminster probably came under a fair amount of pressure in the second half. Um but you know that you you've you're gonna gonna be disappointed when you can't when you just ma- fail to see that out having got so close. But um, yeah, it's it's not great for for Kidderminster who I think their fans seem to be seeing things very much along the uh, the lines of every time they take a step forward, they then seem to take a step backwards with the next result. Chester, they were the other winners and they carry on their really good run there in fourth. They beat Blythe by a goal to nil thanks to Kurt Willoughby. And in fact, Dickie, if we move on move on to Saturday, the only team up in the top reaches of the league that didn't win were Darlington and Scarborough. The rest of the teams in the playoff positions all won. Yeah, and, you know, it's it means... You know, staying in touch with that group um, when when people are churning out results like that, you you know, you've got to collect maximum points whenever you can. But uh, yeah, Kings Lynn wasn't looking great for them to, to start with today. They were a goal down at home to Hereford, Tyrone Barnett on the mark after 13 minutes, but they equalised um, a goal from your favourite player, Ken Charles, in the second half. Um, and then they found a, a fair-weather friend, or dare I say, a, a Latty fair-weather friend, because um, Hereford defender Thierry Latty fairweather put through his own goal in the 84th minute to give Kingsland maximum points. And a nice rebound for them after that. Um, 
I think they'd be disappointed in the way they performed in that FA Cup tie on TV last week in the, you know, a 3-0 margin for Stevenage. They would have hoped to have done better. But yeah, they've jumped back on the horse as far as the league goes. Brackley, who are the league leaders, had to come from behind to beat Spennymore in the end and they left it late 10 minutes to go before Callum Stead got the winner. Yeah, Stead's been a, a really good acquisition. He was um, signed under previous manager, uh, Kevin Wilkin, of course. And and Adam Rooney, he was brought in by Roger Johnson. He was now the manager. And the, and the pair look to be, um, they, they feel like a real little and large strike partnership, but they look like they're striking up quite a good understanding. Um, they were behind um, to a goal from uh, Tom Allen from uh, Spennymore in the 17th minute. Uh, Rooney equalised in the 57th minute. Spennymore then had James Curtis dismissed. Straight red card in the 72nd minute and Stead scored in the 80th. So, yeah, uh, another one of the teams at the top, like Kings Lynn, coming from behind to get all three points. And, uh, you know, they, the, the, the top teams... That's what they do, isn't it? You know, they, they, they're they able to pull out that kind of result when things aren't looking good for them. Now, another Mo Fowler was on the score sheet today, but for Fylde, and I know he's a player that you had on loan at Telford, Dick. He didn't quite happen for him there, but he got two goals for Fylde as they beat Gloucester. Yeah, this isn't the same Mo Fall uh, that, uh, that plays for Haven't and Waterlooville, although he was on the mark as well today. So, um, yeah, the, the, when if asked the question, there's only one Mo Fall or the statement, then no, you wouldn't be correct. Um, <laughs> he is on loan to file from West Bromwich Shelby on a month's loan. We've just had him at Telford um, for a month um, because of some incomings at Telford that he's not been kept on. And, yeah, got off to a great start today. Um Again, Fylde was struggling. They were a goal down to Dom McHale, another former Telford player who's uh, signed for Gloucester recently. But Fylde scored in the 76th and the 83rd minute. Probably that makes him Fylde's man of the match. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and yeah, no sign of Nick Horton today. So we can only assume his cape was in the wash. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mark Jones, the evergreen Mark Jones, he got the winner for Peterborough Sports against Fazl. As I say, that keeps Peterborough Oh, that puts Peterborough back in the last playoff spot. Uh, Southport and Scarborough, they drew 1-1 and they left it late to equalise Southport. It was Josh Hamami on the mark there and, and South Scarborough just dipping a little bit, aren't they? I mean, that result has dropped them down. It means that Peterborough have gone above them um, because of that. And, you know, again, when you're leading going into the 90th minute of a game away from home, you'd hope to see that one out. But uh, yeah, Dom Tia's goal had got them in front, but Hamami strikes in the third minute of injury time to uh, get a valuable point for Southport and, and just dent things a little bit for Scarborough. But, you know, I don't think they can be too downhearted ultimately about the, the, the start of the season that they've had and where they find themselves at this stage. Real drama down at the bottom. Bradford leapt out of the relegation zone and it all turned on a red car, didn't it? It certainly appears to have done. Yeah, this was uh, one of the, the, the day's most memorable games by the looks of things. Um, they were away at Buxton, Bradford Park Avenue and Sam Osborne, a uh, recent addition. He left filed, of course. Um, he scored after 13 minutes. Will Longbottom equalised in the 29th minute. Um, but then a goal from Sir ha- Tazdemir had Buxton ahead in the 81st. Again, you must be thinking at that stage when you take a 2-1 lead and less than 10 minutes to go that it's all over. But Tom Elliott was sent off in the 88th minute and then Bradford just hit them with a real sucker punch. Goals from Ollie Johnson and Jacob Bly, that man again. I think that must be something like his fifth 
game-winning goal for Bradford Park Avenue this season. What an addition he's been by Mark Bauer. Um, I'm not pleased to see that because they played Telford on Monday evening, so they'll be feeling cock-a-hoop about that. But yeah, credit to Bradford for really pulling a, a terrific result out there. We also had news coming out of Buxton on Saturday evening. Um, very surprising news that uh, Jamie Vermiglio had resigned as manager. Um, there was a statement put out by the club saying that um, although um, you know he'd made a commitment to the football club, that it <clears throat> was impacting on his other role, which is as a primary school head teacher and his family life, and he felt the need to prioritise and refocus uh, are the words he's used and has stepped down from his role at Buxton. So just a week ago, um, took Buxton to their FA Cup tie Ipswich um, and a week later, it's all changed and Buxton are now on the lookout for another manager. Um, very strange um, in some respects, but you have to, you know, give Jamie Vermiglio credit for, for prioritising uh, and understanding that he maybe couldn't give um, all that Buxton were looking for from him. Um, I think he certainly went to Buxton in the summer, or my feeling was that, that uh, you know, that there are slightly more resources available there to enable him to have a crack at things. And they sit 20th in the table at the moment, you know, which isn't where Buxton would have expected to be. Yeah, they've probably got some games in hand. Um, but certainly they were one of my tips at the start of the season for the for being the promoted side that would kick on the best out of all of them. And it's not worked out that way, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, there is a parting of the ways. Buxton will be looking to recruit a new manager. And, you know, dare I say, you know, after a little bit of time to to reflect and, and to get that re- reprioritisation back into his life, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jamie Vermiglio is the, uh, uh, the subject of a lot of interest to, to clubs closer to home in, in the northwest. Um, because his track record is is excellent um, at Chorley. Um, you know, it's been a short spell at Buxton here, but I think what he's done at Chorley definitely shouldn't ever be underestimated. Um, and he's a really, really good character and a really good person. You know, there is a lot of praise from people at Buxton for how much he had committed to them. But unfortunately, it seems like that commitment, even though it was big, still wasn't enough. Yeah, Blythe scoring's pulled them away from Blythe as well, which is irony at the bottom. <laughs> um, talking of the bottom, we can talk. You got on my uh, you got on my chair last week, Dickie. Had a lie down. We had a chat, and uh, you'll be bouncing into my office this evening, won't you? Well, I, I, it, it appears that our therapy session has uh, has worked wonders, Luke. Yes, because Telford. Um, they did record their first league win since the opening day of the season today, a 2-1 victory over Banbury United. Um, and uh, deserved? Yeah, I think just about. They took a, the lead through George Burroughs, their uh, Coventry City's on-loan defender in the 31st minute. Telford had a very, very young back four out today. They had Burroughs and Adam Senior, who's on loan from Bolton at the centre of their defence. I think the pair of them are both only 20 years old. Brad Bood at left back, who's 19. Um, and Jamie Allen, who isn't a regular right back at right back. So it was a hugely makeshift defence for Telford. They were breached in the second half. Giorgio Rizzullo's free kick in the 68th minute pulled Banbury level, but within the space of a couple of minutes, Banbury, awful mistake at the back, trying to play out, presented the ball to Montel Gibson. He signed for Telford from Ilkeston in midweek, returning 
to Telford for a second time this season after some issues around being able to uh, travel to training and with his employers that have now been sorted out. Gibson netted and Telford were back in the lead. That wasn't the end of the drama. Alan, I said about him being in a, a, a stand in at right back. He got booked in the first half up against Ben Aquai, who's a very tricky customer for Banbury. He got a second yellow card in the 79th minute, so he was dismissed. Telford had to hang on for 10 minutes plus another five of injury time, but they did so. And they're into double figures for points, which, you know, isn't huge. They're still a long way from safety. But I think the the difference that it made in the feel around the ground um, and the difference it will make to the confidence of the group, it's a first win after Kevin Wilkin. And, you know, Telford have come close in a couple of recent games and, and not got it over the line, but they finally did today. Um, and yet still an awful lot of football in front of them to be played yet but it, it, it's a real big confidence boost yeah charlie they won 3-0 against curzon ashton that was the only three o'clock kickoff in the national league north and it was all about the pollock at boston united wasn't it <laughs> yes it was indeed uh it, it was a 3-0 victory for boston over leamington and scott Pollock with a hat-trick. I mean, he, he scored against Telford earlier in the season, did look a, a, a very fine player in midfield, goals in the 28th and the 40th minute, and then rounded off his hat-trick, claiming the match ball in the 51st. Bit of a blow for Leamington that they're, they're not normally given to conceding three goals in game in games. That That's a, um, you know, they've shipped a few there by their standards, but uh, that's a really, really positive result for Boston. I know Oh, you get the sense from Boston that Ian Culverhouse is still moving players in, moving players out, trying to get things the way he wants it. Um, and But yeah, that's a really positive result for them. Excellent. Well, Dickie, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at an L full time. It's the same on Instagram. Leave us a, a like and a review as well. And we'll see you all very soon. <laughs> 